You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, welcome everybody to uh, After the Show, number 255. Um, what before, I want to say before we start. Before the after the show discussion, which was earlier today, oh. I'm going to bring up first, is a correction to, is it an article or a page on your website? Is that what you were going to talk about? No. Okay. Well, years ago, we made an article about building our home theater screen, and people have commented on it and said they liked it, and da 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 today or this week or whatever you got a comment saying someone was following the directions precisely and the numbers were wrong and I went I and feel really bad because I right. imagine this guy sat in, his, <laughs> sat in his living room he measured everything and it's all together and then he's just like huh right and then huh? so I went and measured and he's right it was wrong and I discovered that I'd done calculations after the fact based on the one by fours that I bought for the frame, but they're not actually four inches wide. They're like three and three quarters, kind of, sort of. They're irregular because they're real cheap. So ultimately, that's how my calculations after when I was writing the article came out wrong. So hopefully, uh, that didn't cause him any extra money. Just had to maybe trim the frame up a bit and then go for it after that. But that is a correction. It has been fixed and it is now. You won't ever find it if you go to the website. Clearly uh, you haven't put a link to it, but if you do a search for A. Scully home theater screen you'll find it. It gets tons of hits from Google and that's why I never ever put a link there because it, it's just real busy anyway, that page. Right, but a lot of people come to your page separate from that who might be interested, so maybe we can get a link to that there. But so what so I was Thank mention- you to the listener. For commenting and not just going, oh, what a bunch of idiots can't even get it right. So thank you very much. I don't know the name of the person, but but thank you. So what I was going to mention is uh, we take usually take one week off a year from the podcast. So you get 51 podcasts a year, roughly. And we take one week off. And we were off last week, so we haven't done this for two weeks. And we were totally sick. We were sick. It was like... We- it was like fantastic timing that we didn't do a podcast because it would have not sounded but good. But this is actually number 52. So we've actually done 52. But yeah, we were very sick. That's all. How do we manage that if we spreadsheet? took a week off? We got 52. Leap year. Maybe we got that extra day in there. Was it a leap year? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there you go. Well, it's just one day, <laughs> Some, but... Yeah, but it might have been somehow a added. Sunday. Yeah. Or whatever day we Saturday. did. Saturday. Um, so yeah, we were really sick. Very sick. We might we may cough during this podcast because I don't know. I had the flu. I think absolutely because I got knocked out completely for a whole week, and you did. Oh yeah, and it sucked because it was right you know right through Christmas week. Didn't go to Christmas with my family because of it. Just felt missed two days of work, three days of work because of it. Because when you're germy and fevery, just ugh. so it was unpleasant. So um, we are back. We are healthy. <laughs> and uh, we're ready to do this. All right, so it's Saturday, December the 29th, 2012. Um, this is after the show number 255. The movie we're going to be looking at this week is the movie Ted. It's a 2012 movie. It's uh, released, or it was released, on the 11th of December, so you can get it now. Um, I'm sure it is in the sales for the New Year's. Um, it's rated R. And it's from our friends at Universal, and Sid Talk is going to give you the synopsis of this fine movie. 
Oh, really? Synopsis. Ted. Let me get my thing back up here. Ted is a bear come to life by the wish of a boy. They grow up. He becomes uh, Seth MacFarlane and basically marries Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) And they live happily ever after. Right. Marky Marco. That's not exactly right. But no. <laughs> in fact, it's quite inaccurate. But anyway. You synopsisizes this movie. Um, it's it's yeah, quite exactly. unique. It's definitely unique. So, um, yeah, Ted. So, uh, we watched the unrated version of Ted. There's two versions. Unrated version's a little bit longer. I don't know what is the, um, why, you know, what's extra. But anyway, what did There's you think? There's some filthy jokes in there. What did you think of Ted? What did you think of Ted? I uh, did not like Ted very much, to be honest. Uh, it's not my sense of humour at all. It's real... It's... What is wrong with it for me is I'm not laughing. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad movie either, because if you're the person who likes this kind of humour, I think it's probably the most amazing movie ever for you. Now, there are things... Let's go for the... I'm not sure about that, but. Let's go for the things I like here, right? I really like uh, Mark Wahlberg. And I really think they did a fantastic job of the CG of a bringing a teddy bear to life, which is, like, a ridiculous thing anyway. But, like, about halfway through the movie, I just forgot that it was a... C- you know, I, it was just another character in the movie to me. So that is a accomplishment in its own right. But the comedy... And I don't know if it's Seth MacFarlane's comedy... And yes. you you like Seth MacFarlane's... You like Family Guy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't watch Family Guy. I never really found it to be funny. I get why it is funny. You know, it's very... It's poking at everything. It's like a pop culture, like, this, that, this, that, this, that. And this is what Ted does as well. But I found it really mean-spirited, the comedy in Ted. Like, right from the very beginning, where, you know, some kids are being beat up to, like, just shit that the, the bear says. And I know they're trying to be controversial and like funny in that edgy way but to me it kind of misses it because it's like it's stupid sometimes like really stupid and then there's like stereotypes of stereotypes all over the place and I'm never laughing at him like I wanted to and there was moments because there's a Flash Garden thing which is one of my favourite movies so that kind of tickled something of me a little bit but then it, it, it you know it just evolves to a drug drug gag basically like lots of lots of stoner gags and um which never really make me laugh so but at the heart of the movie you know when it actually turns into like an action movie and uh turns into something different towards the end i thought that was really sweet there was some sweetness in there (laughs) but it's all the mean kind of gags that kind of drag it down for me and i'm kind of bored like listening listening to him talk about pot or whatever it is, you know. But there are moments that I like. So what about you? I think you said everything I think except I hated it. I mean, I think every single minute other than the bringing back to life Flex yeah, Gordon. Like, yeah. Everything else. I didn't laugh once. I didn't smile, what? except when Flash Gordon came on. I didn't find any of the jokes funny. Not one single joke. I didn't give a shit about anybody. I didn't care about the love story. I didn't care about any of it. I was bored out of my mind. I fell asleep one time. Maybe for like five seconds. 
See, I didn't find and it I that tried bad. in the beginning to kind of like go with it. And yeah, I like American Dad and Family Guy, but that doesn't mean I like Seth MacFarlane. That means I like those shows and the way they present the ideas. And trying to make a live action version of an American Dad or Family Guy with the same type of sight gags like a group of boys beating up the Jewish kid and then having an unpopular kid come along and even the kid who's being beat up sits up and says, yeah, get out of here. Now that's perfect for in, American In a family guy episode, that wouldn't right, be out put place, it in so. animation, then you're going to go, oh my God. And why that makes it, I don't even know that that makes it funnier or acceptable, but you give it a pass in the animated shows. I thought Mark Wahlberg was is just boring, and I really... I mean, I wasn't looking forward to seeing it anyway, because I'd seen interviews and already understood what the humor was going to be like. The attitude of the filmmaker, my Seth MacFarlane is, kind of like, fuck everybody. You think I gotta make, like, this... You think movies have to be serious or intellectual? You know, fuck everybody. You know, I can just make fart jokes and pot jokes, and there's a lot of people like me who think it's funny. And I think the it's absolutely, <clears throat> I would have been fine if after about 25 minutes you said, oh crap, the projector's broken, we'll have to watch this another time. And I would say, oh no, that's okay. Well, there again. I tried on really the other hard hand, though. It some, looked some, great. Somebody told me this week that this was the best comedy they, not just of this year that they have seen, ever, as, as ever, ever seen. That's like, fine. So yes, the, there is... If it tickles your funny bone, I think you, that's what I'm saying. But what's funny about it? Well, I to me, it's not, right? But Like you said, it's mean-spirited. Yeah. It's idiots. Like, if you're I, an idiot and you think it's funny to watch people get stoned... Well, no, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say... Because there are some, like, sophisticated yeah, but what's, kind of jokes. What's, what? What was Well, I couldn't name them offhand, but there, there no, are no, some... I was looking, and I was paying very yeah, close attention. Yeah, but you attention. was asleep some of the time. No, I said, like, five seconds. I'm just joking. That's a joke. Well, there you, you don't go. get my sophisticated. No, humor. I don't. It's not sophisticated. That's the problem. I was looking and paying really close attention to all the dialogue and the people, how they interacted with each What's other. What's different about It's a Family Guy, then? It's, lo- it's like... I mean, it's the same kind of snarky humor. It's a bit more adult than that. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of There's a lot of cuss jokes. words, yeah. yeah, which isn't different. I just think my brain reacts different to the animated version. Even though you of could say he's animated. Well, you know, it's kind yeah, of. Yeah, but it's not the same. It's like when you bring it into real world, you know, and it doesn't make sense, but then it's. And it's not funny. It's not funny to watch a teddy bear get stoned. I just think that's Unless idiotic. you're stoned, maybe. Yeah, but it's not funny. That doesn't make no, it No, what funny. I'm saying, if you are the kind of person sat on your couch stoned, that might be the funniest thing you ever right, saw. That and that's the audience, maybe, right? But that doesn't make it funny. It makes it like... Uh, like... Well, I don't even know, but I tried, and I thought, well, I'll just... I'll breathe some life in here, and I'll, like... Think about the story. You know, you got a dude who was lonely as a kid, so he wished upon this bear to be able to talk to him, and now the bear does talk and now he's grown up and he's been famous so the world knows he exists it's not some weird mystery where everyone's going like hiding him away from the world or anything and there's some of the parts I liked and I think the story's sweet at heart like I said there is a sweet story in there and there's a moment what's the sweet story? there's a moment where where I felt sad for the guy like um but I felt like I was supposed to and I totally didn't and I did but then the other the 
Giovanni Ribisi things just kind of shoveled in there. To but he's the best part of the whole movie. He is, but but not his story. Not his story, but it's just shoveled in there to give you a third act. Absolutely, which is it's that to me seemed it's and, like and mm, it drags like shit in the we middle. We need a bad guy. It we really drags guy. in the middle of the movie. I felt like it was um, just too too much. Like it, like it could have had like fifteen minutes cut out because there were joke upon joke upon joke. Just them sitting there, joke 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 joke. The kind of jokes I, I'm not into. I did find a couple of them not laugh funny, just kind of, uh. Uncomfortable uh, funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, seeing seeing the bear screwing that chick in the uh, in That's the That's not funny. Um, it just seemed weird. Like, it's weird more than funny, right? Yeah, and who's sitting there going, ah, <laughs> bear's fucking a girl. <laughs> the, guy, the guy with the bung on the couch is, is doing that, right? I'm just glad I don't. I mean... You said it's well made. It is. It looks fine. It is. The acting's fine. I mean, it's all they're all doing their thing. But it's so indulgent and so it up is. its own ass. Like we are so funny and so clever to be making fart jokes and dick jokes and pot jokes, <laughs> and we're making a Hollywood movie. Like screw the system. We're making like this. You know, I don't know. I just was. I was. Urgh, I really like. I don't even laugh that much at Family Guy and American Dad. There's just certain but you things like, that pop out. Like, let's just get this out of the way. You repeat watch yeah. Family Guy. You have Family and Guy. American Dad. You have, the, you have it here on our server and you you, you go to it. To, mm-hmm. you, if you've nothing else to watch, it comes back on. Exactly. I see you watching it all the time. So, yes, you do you do like Seth MacFarlane. And there are going to be people who say, oh my God, like you, you think Family Guy and American Dad are... I, I'll like, tell you what I think stupid. about it. I don't think they're stupid. It's on. I, I don't choose to watch it, but if it's on and I'm sat watching it, I do snigger a little bit because I'm like, oh yeah, I know what they're talking about there. But that's about as far as it goes for me. It's not any further than that. It's just like, oh yeah, they're talking about such and such. Yeah, and it's usually affair. very specific things that make me laugh out loud. I don't even know how to define them. But it's never the it's never those jokes like the fart jokes or the dick jokes. And it is full of those too, right? Yeah, I I don't think the you know any of it's like there's one episode where the alien smokes pot, and I don't think that's funny. It's like I'm not a prude or anything, but I think my I don't know. It I guess because it's try it's real, like it's live action. It's like it's people, right? And then you've got the idiotness of it. And I've said this before, there has to be, a a movie needs to commit for me, or a movie or a TV show, right? This one is mixing reality with the, the... the lowness of it's it. It's actually, yeah. So it needs to be one or the other. It's like, so this is actually like, trying to if be. If they had made it all CGI and made like weird looking CGI people and the comedy was there, I probably would appreciate it more. Just like the puppet one, you know, America, Team America. Right. It's not that funny. It's really not. But the thing of it is with the puppets and they really commit to being like really off the wall and, you know, like uncomfortable and it, it commits to oh, the it's whole funnier of than this. But this one that. is trying to be based in reality with two real people in a relationship. It's a romantic comedy with right. dick jokes thrown in it. Yeah. And they're not even, you know, or like Kevin Smith would say he makes dick jokes. His movies commit to the full on kind of over the top, you know, Mall Rats is over the top all the way through. There's no like illusion that 
you are in a reality situation. It's just pure fiction and fun. So that may be part of my problem, that it wasn't goofy enough to go with the bad jokes. And there was no cleverness at all. Not one single thing that was clever or interesting except bringing Flesh Gordon back to life, which I was totally impressed that he was even there. And I was like, that's awesome. And that somebody, you know, somebody writing it, Seth MacFarlane, is our age, who remember... Exactly. Now that, I could appreciate totally. But but like I say, even that boils down to a drug gag. Let's do some coke. Absolutely. I mean, it's... Like everything boils down. disappointed when it came to that? Yeah, because it wasn't clever. Like, well, it was clever because... When Matt Wahlberg stood there and Flash Gordon's coming towards him at the party, yeah. dressed as Flash Gordon, <laughs> and his hair's kind of, and he's got a glow about him, I'm like, oh my god, this is awesome! And then he says, "Do you want to do coke?" And then they, I'm like, what? and then they didn't even commit to that. You want to go, okay, in a movie, in a wacky movie like this, or trying to be wacky, we're doing some coke. Therefore, all of a sudden, everybody's going to be hyper with lots of energy. That's where your bar- right. brain goes. They didn't even do that. They didn't even commit to that. It was more like. No. Nothing. So I wasn't disappointed because I already kind of knew where it was going. And then I was, you know, some could say I biased myself out of it. But I really want, I mean, I like Mila Kunis. I like Mark Wahlberg. I like Seth MacFarlane. All right. Let's let, let me put it th- this way, right? If it was Mila Kunis and Mark Wahlberg in a straight up romantic comedy, but with Seth, Seth MacFarlane's wrote this, so it might have some snarkiness. Forget the bear. Would that be any bear? Well, it would have to be subtract all the stupidness. Right. And just make it so they are maybe lots of observational comedy about a relationship, which obviously isn't anything new, but add his sort of like twist on everything. Or maybe I'm I'm delusional and maybe that's all he is. Maybe there's no cleverness to anything he ever does, and I've just because it's animated and it's got some. Giggles. I don't think there is a lot. I think he's just. I think his thing is poking fun at everything, right? Just we'll poke fun at everything, and some stuff will be funny. But that's what you see. I don't even. That doesn't even register with me. The poking fun at things. Right, but he is. But that doesn't. That isn't what I'm. Mentions seeing. people specifically names. Right, you know? but I just blow. Ugh, I just blow over that stuff. It's more about the little weird. Things You know, like one episode is the alien who then gets found by a boy, as in E.T., and then the boy's really a shithead, and then he's, like, trapped there with this boy. Instead of the E.T. happy story is like, a horrible alien boy story, you know, like, and then you go, all right, you know, you're kind of taking that icon and twisting it around. Not clever, but still it's kind of like a fun little thing. And obviously the Star Wars episodes of Family Guy, you know, like he... Even those aren't great. It's, no, that's what I'm it's saying. Just, it's not yeah. clever. It's just... Let's it's all make... the comments everyone's ever made about Star Wars yeah. put into the show. Yeah. So, so that's what he is. I mean, that's what he is. He remixes kind of stuff. I think and... that keeping with the animation... If they had done animated versions of Mark Wahlberg and Mila Kunis... And I don't mean CGI like Ted. I mean, make it all like an animated show, like the shows, but draw them as they look in real life. And I, this sounds completely insane, but then make that into a movie, and I think I would have appreciated. I really it liked more. <laughs> the CG work that they did with Ted, though. Because, it was amazing because it never seemed it never seemed like he wasn't there to me, Mm-mm. even when they have a fight at oh one point. Oh my god, I was so I think that's when I almost fell asleep. Right, and um, um, but but Seriously. technically that fight is Looks fantastic. Yeah, like like there's weight to the bear, and the bear's not even there. There's not even a fake bear there in that fight when he was. Some of there is. Ha, not most of the time he's just doing yeah. this 
<laughs> which is amazing because like when you watch it, it really looks like a bear's flying around. They were um, they were committed to making the bear were. look good. Yeah, absolutely. And it, if it didn't, I was going to say if the bear was really really shitty, then it might not have worked as well. Because I was just seeing it as like. If you subtract all the daft humour that if you don't like Seth MacFarlane and you subtract his humour from it, there's not much left. Well, no, because the story's about the bear. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's not much left in the movie. If you subtract the bears... If the bear didn't do Seth MacFarlane jokes... I mean, but there's still a bear. But there's still a bear, and it's a romantic comedy which involves this bear. But Seth MacFarlane... I don't even know if that would work. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like a more vanilla version of this story. This is pretty vanilla. I mean, what I mean is a more vanilla, as in elf, something more palatable that for everybody. Would have been better. You think? Oh, I, don't, I don't know if it would. Because um, Enchanted, for example, where you've got a, a girl who comes out of the animated world and then she's in the real world, and then it's like it's so over the top of her vision it's of the world. Funny. Right, and. So because I, of how naive so the she is. Part, though, like. So making it that Hollywoody, sort of like flowery and vanilla, as you say, then if you would take this story, or like one of my recommendations, where you mix it up, I don't like to say, for what is expected. I don't know. I can't even put my finger on what it was, but I was just like, oh my god. God, I've felt like I've got to move. When you said it was time to pee, I was like, oh, thank God. I can walk around for a minute and get my, you know, get my energy back up. But And I don't like to be like, oh, it's terrible, because you're right. There are going to be lots of people who are going to watch it and be like, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, like, just, well, you know, like, just check everything at the door. It's fu- it is funny, but... <laughs> check everything at the door. And it, you know, like I say, if you... Even if you did. I don't think it's funny. No, I don't, because it's not my sense of humour. But there again, neither is Family Guy. But Family Guy is to mm-hmm. you. So, and there is similarities in the style of humour. Obviously, it's the same guy, right? He, um, you know, he even doesn't really make an effort to make the bear sound... In fact, they make a joke at one point about how he like sounds Peter. like Peter Griffin, right? So, and it is Peter Griffin's voice, yeah. basically. Like, because the bear even says to somebody, I, I don't sound that much like him. So the... You know, is it hard? That's what I mean by indulgent. Like, it's so, like, this is Mark Wahlberg fighting with the bear. Aren't we clever? And it isn't. <laughs> so let's move on to the cast here. Mark Wahlberg plays John Bennett. I don't think he did a bad job. Mm. Um, I just don't think the materials... Because we know he can be funny. I don't think the material for him is actually that funny. The best moments were when he <coughs> kind of... His character kind of flipped around a little bit. At times, he was like this sort of naive, non-grown-up, 35-year-old man. Right. Kind of like, you know... Yeah, like man In a nice way. No, I mean, not a man-child. Like, in a nice way, where he was like, he just loves this woman, and he, he his job is fine, even though it sucks. And in those little moments, the way he sort of <sighs> stunted his growth a little bit as a grown man was good. Really good. Then... There were moments when he was just, like, a grown man, but too self-absorbed with this teddy bear to understand his role in a relationship. And then those moments were just really blah. But those other moments when he really intentionally was, like, sincerely laughing with along with Ted, because, like, they're best friends and he thinks he's funny, and sincerely, like, I love you and that kind of stuff. Really good. But then he, there were moments when... But then imagine... 
as an actor doing just sort of quote unquote normal scenes against nothingness. Right. Or they had like a, or a against teddy bear. Seth MacFarlane even. Yeah, they had a teddy bear yeah. sitting there. But still, I think that, you know, I think when you think of it that way, did a great job. Uh, Mila Kunis, who's one of um, Seth MacFarlane's regulars on Family mm-hmm. Guy, right? Um, she plays Laurie Collins. I really like her. Yeah. Um, I liked her better in this than in like uh, Extract, you know? Hmm. Yeah, but it's nothing. It's nothing amazing. I mean, she giggles a lot, which is real genuine. I like right. that. Like she obviously she gets... finds them a lot funny, right? <laughs> exactly. That's why she's involved in that. exactly. Uh, Seth MacFarlane does the voice of Ted. Um, I can't say I, I like it because I've I've not really never yeah, really just gelled too, with it. You know, the voice is one thing when you're familiar. I mean, the voice is fine to me. Yeah. It doesn't distract me, and I've seen enough Family Guy to know it's the same voice. With a bit of a Boston twing, twinge put on it, but it doesn't distract me. I don't think because I yeah. just kind of say, "Oh, well, it's Seth MacFarlane doing a funny voice." That's what it is, right? Right, and that's all I think is Peter yeah. Griffin's voice, so oh, it do. is a bit distracting. Um, Giovanni Ribisi plays Donny, and I, I liked him in this. I think it's Giovanni, but that's okay. Right, I liked him <laughs> in this. He's, a, he's like this creepy. He does a really good job of being creepy. Yeah, it's just that his. But it's just character... thrown in there. It's yeah. just it, it, to me, it's like. Yes, it adds some plot to it, but it's completely throwaway. It doesn't matter. Like, it's just... But if you'd taken an episode of American Dad, for example, and tagged on that little side story, right. for, it would have been perfect. And that's the thing, isn't it? I am I hate to compare things. I think it's lame. However, in this instance, I just... I can't hardly help myself. If you remade Ted and made it into an animated half-an-hour version of one of those shows... Or it was an episode of Family Guy where they told a story exactly. about Peter Griffin... <laughs> And his bear and Teddy bear came alive, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, maybe it would have been funnier, right? But in that movie, you've already got a talking dog, or in that show, the dog already talks. Right. And there's all kinds of weird shit going on, so the talking bear doesn't even stand out. So I don't know. <laughs> well. I don't know the solution. <laughs> um, Patrick Stewart narrates this whole thing. It's kind of cool. And he's also a regular, isn't he, on Family Guy? Yeah. And uh, Sam Jones plays Flash Gordon. Actually, he's a plays regular Sam on Jones. American Dad, not American Dad, right? So um, Sam Jones plays Flash Gordon and also plays Sam Jones. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. It and, was, but only because I have an attachment to that movie. Yep. If it was another movie, I wouldn't give a shit. Or something else, like in some other dude. But I thought that was funny that they that they adored that movie. If it was Patrick Stewart as Aquaman. <laughs> Something like that. But it was kind of funny, but I don't think they capitalized on it enough. They really lowered it to a point of being embarrassing a little bit. And this I is thought. this is directed by Seth MacFarlane um, as well. His first feature film. Um, the direction of it's fine. It, I mean, it's, it's pretty... Apart from the obvious CG aspect, it's pretty standard sitcom, uh, romantic comedy yeah. kind of look to it. There's nothing special about it. No. And it's got like two it's got tons of pretentious elements to it. Like cra- like I hated the the character that Joel McHale played. I'm I'm sure I was supposed to hate him, but I just hated him. I hated every second he's on the screen. I wanted to punch him in the face. Do you Your know boss? What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, that was the idea of him. But it, it, even every, when she goes to work and all the women are there, it's, it's horrible. just it's all cardboard. It just doesn't seem re- real to me. No. Like, even at his work, his uh, renter place, they all seemed, like, stereotypical. Everybody was stereotypical. Yep. Everything. 
And that's the problem, isn't it? Because when you're watching it, you're like, well, I know this is a comedy and they're making fun of everything, but I can't get behind anything because of this stereotype. And because it's half-half. It's like we're halfway there. We're trying to be real, and yet that stuff stands out as fake. So if you had gone fully, like, you know, like a Tim Burton movie where in Edward Scissorhands, the neighborhood is... completely removed from your vision of reality. Like, it's totally out there. There's no, like, moments of where there isn't something in the frame that's reminding you that this is, an like, a like a vision of a neighbor, like a weird neighborhood. Whereas in this one, you've got, like, everything's real, but then, yeah, particularly the people at, work, at their works. Yeah. And then, you know, what happens to me is, like, I start not... I don't care about anybody. That, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm not intrigued by the little love story. I don't care if Ted gets run over or squashed or burned or anything. <laughs> I'm just like... So... They ripped my heart out and spit on it and farted on it. Isn't that funny? <laughs> and there's a shit on the floor. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, this this does have a bunch of extras. It has deleted scenes... Um, it has alternate takes and the teddy bear scuffle, which shows you how they did the fight sequence. Um, it also has a gag reel feature commentary by Seth MacFarlane and Mark Wahlberg. Um, and apparently on the back here it says, if you listen to the whole commentary, you will hear that Wahlberg admits to being an adult bedwetter. Which I think is just comedy. I don't mm-hmm. think that's true. Um, so funny. Yeah. Well, that's the level of comedy, isn't it? That's the level of comedy. So, yeah, that's it for extras. Um, you know, there's a commentary. If you like Seth MacFarlane, you can listen to him talk for another two hours on this uh, movie. Um, You'll probably listen to it, won't you? It's a- no, because I'm not actually interested <laughs> in Seth MacFarlane, to be honest. I watched him on Howard Stern, and um, he doesn't even interest me on there. Like, when he comes on, I'm always like, uh, okay. But then I can sit and other people on Howard Stern who I'm not into at all. Ron Howard. <laughs> right, I can listen to him for two hours and think, wow, that was really interesting, but Seth MacFarlane's always doing the jokes. Always. There's no... He's made a career and capitalized on the the most basic, yeah. possible five-year-old, seven-year-old... And it's an interesting... Seven-year-old is... boy humor, even. Like, girls will look at a... If you're an eight-year-old girl and an eight-year-old boy tells a fart joke, as a girl, you look at him like, oh, my God, you're such an idiot. So it's like eight-year-old boy. No offense to eight-year-old boys, but why do people grow up to still think it's funny? I don't get it. So that maybe, the, maybe the Mark Wahlberg character is actually him. <laughs> yeah. You know, because yeah. he, he, if in real life Ted came to life and lived with Seth MacFarlane, he'd be the funniest person ever, wouldn't exactly. he? Because he'd be himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in conclusion, on Ted, it, I'm not a fan. I can, I, I, I like to be fair with movies, but I am not a fan of this movie. Um, I am not. A, that's a nice way of saying it. Yeah, but I do see. You're not an idiot if you like this kind of humor. I don't think. Maybe you are. Maybe it's proven you are. But no. <laughs> um, I see qual- the quality in the humour. It's just not mine. It's just not my type of humour. Like, I've been watching... You're very Peep- generous. Peep Show recently, which is a British comedy that is a very s- particular sense of humour also. And I'm sure a lot of people could watch that and go, why do you even find that funny? I don't get it. Humour's a personal thing, isn't it? It's a, mm-hmm. you know, you, you like what you like. You like Family Guy. 
not all of it, but you mm-hmm. do find it funny. Sometimes. Right. So it's an interesting review, this, because you are mm-hmm. actually a McFarlane fan in a way. Um, but this doesn't hit your notes either. I wish. I wish it did. And I, I was interested in this to see whether you did like it. I knew that maybe I would. Did you feel the vibe while No, I didn't because I didn't really pay attention to it. I was just like, I I think there were moments when I wasn't actually, I was just staring at it like, uh. I knew, I knew you wouldn't (laughs) like, like, you know, getting drunk and bong jokes. I knew you Mm -hmm. wouldn't. I knew, but I was thinking, well, maybe. And I'm not anti-smoking pot. No, I know. It's just not funny. It's just not funny, right? But, and I, you know, people who do like Cheech and Chong movies and things like that. I liked Cheech and Chong when I was 13. Right. But people who like them when they're 40 are usually... Smoking dope. Smoking dope. And then it's hilarious, right? And I get that. And I get so that this would be... So prerequisite is to get stoned. Yeah, I, get, I reckon this would be an amazing stoner movie. It's a, it's a teddy bear come to life, right? It would be funny to you as a stoner. Because like, you can see what stoners laugh at, right? That would be hilarious. Anything? Yeah, anything. <laughs> So, um, thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray, unfortunately. If ever there was a movie that I could have sat with a phone and tried to interact with the world while watching it, this would have been the one. And I would never do that. And we always give... Not now. We give movies a fair shake. And I'm not saying this is a terrible piece of trash. It's just not my sense of humor. It's well made. possibly not yours. No, mine at all. All right. So, uh, thanks to Universal. If you want to enter a contest, go to com. Next week's Blu-ray review will be the reimagining, I'm going to call it, of Total Recall. um, The new version of Total Recall. So, we're going to look at that this next week on Blu-ray. And Um, I love the original Total Recall. Right. So, again, I'm a big fan. And I don't like to say this is a remake, because I have seen the trailer, and it doesn't seem like a remake. It isn't, It actually. seems like a new it version is. of it. It's just called Total Recall, because right. it's got some concepts that are Right, but it's not, like... Hmm. The... Scene by scene or anything. No. So, uh, we'll, we'll let you know what that is like next week. So, um, movie recommendations this week. We haven't got a movie game yet. We'll probably have one next week. Yeah, let's do the new year with yeah. the new game. So, we'll, we'll, we'll conceive one this week. Um... So, movie recommendations this week. I am going with, based on the movie Ted, and the, the, the I don't know what it is now because the screen went off. Um, That's not the way it down. <laughs> it is. It goes off exactly when I'm going to read what it is, though. Uh, my first movie recommendation is Flash Gordon, obviously. We reviewed it, actually, this year on Blu-ray. It's a really fantastic Blu-ray as well. You should uh, pick that one up, Flash Gordon. My second one is a movie we watched last week, Elf, which is... It reminds me of Ted in a way. Subtract all the, like a like a, that's what I was a getting sweet at. Version. Like a sweet, like the the sweet part of Ted is is very small, right? Elf is all sweet part, but then it also has this odd sense of humor to it, right? Like this fish out of water yeah. humor thing. Um, so yeah, Elf. It's a you know it's a classic. I think it actually <laughs> is a classic. It's it's made even though it was made in the nineties. Was it? 2000s. 2000s. Maybe, maybe 1999. Um, it feels like something from further back than that to me. Just the way it is made. Like like an 80s movie? You mean? Like something like Scrooged. Or like the way... Like movies aren't kind of made like that nowadays. Everything's a bit more cynical and a bit more... 2003. Right, okay. But it, fe- it doesn't feel like it was... It feels like it's earlier than that. So that's it. Flash Gordon and Elf. What do you have? 
Mine are Roger Rabbit, because that is another instance of real mixed with animated. And mm. at that point, it was animated, animated. Not a CGI thing, which it probably was. Computer graphics mixed with hand drawing. But um, but it's it's good. I'm sure now if I watched it graphically, it wouldn't be great. But the story is better. It's interesting. It's fun. And it's got that It's over-the-top, gritty, film noir mixed with private eye mixed with you know all that stuff and it's it never pretends to be anything other than what it is real people mixed with animation and there it goes now what's that other one that was mixed with the animation that wasn't great cool world cool world yeah that one wasn't great but still was interesting to watch on on the note of that roger rabbit is coming to blu-ray in february Right. This year. Ooh, I bet they touched it all up and yeah. stuff. And then my other one is, because we're going to go with another thing of an an inanimate object come to life, Frosty the Snowman. The classic 30-minute cartoon. Because we did watch thing. a bunch of uh, Christmas movies. I never watched... I don't have Frosty the Snowman, so I haven't watched oh, it. Oh, you don't? But I have watched lots we of Christmas We did watch the Griswolds family vacation, <laughs> yeah. uh, Christmas vacation also this week. National this. Lampoon's Christmas vacation. Christmas. And I watched Scrooged and Elf. And Love Actually. I've listened to It's a Wonderful Life. I've watched or listened on the radio to five versions, six versions, of A Christmas Carol, including Scrooge and Scrooge and A Christmas Carol and A Christmas... All kinds, including a radio version from 1950... Well, it was two years after they made the movie, so in the 40s, I guess. The radio version of It's a Wonderful Life that they did in front of a live audience. I listened to that the other day. So I got my Christmas stuff. I got my fill of Christmassy stuff. All right. So um, moving on, because this is the last show of the year, we traditionally do our countdown of the best movies of 2012 this time. That we reviewed. Just let me, yeah, let me say it's uh, movies that were reviewed, plus I've thrown in an honorable mention to one that we just saw somewhere else and maybe liked, right? Um, So yeah. This this isn't definitive because we didn't see every movie that came out last year. It's what we reviewed. So, right. I am. Should what should we do? How should we do it? Do our fifth one and then go down to the. First Are you one? doing worst and best? I've got. A, there's also a nomination for worst movie of the year. As I start with number five of your best, work your way up and then. Do All yours. right, these are Blu-rays that we reviewed this year. My number five. Let me make sure I've got five. One, two, three. I've got more than five. I've got seven. That's fine. But also, is it the, the DVD as a whole are we talking about? Yeah, I kind of went... Just in, the movie. No, I kind of also looked at okay. how good the... Because I go was. by just the movie. Right. My, my... I've got seven altogether. That's fine. All right. My seventh one is Jaws. Because <laughs> I think it was... Not only was it... it it's an absolute classic. It's on Blu-ray. There's like... Hours and hours of documentaries that I ended up watching that were really good, like the two-hour thing of the making of. It's really cheap on Blu-ray. It's like 15 bucks. It's a bargain. And it's, you remember how good it looked. And it's Jaws. Yeah, and how good it looks now after that re- it's you know, just a fan- It's a well-made, <clears throat> fantastic movie. So Jaws is my... Number seven. What is yours? Oh. Oh, uh, we were going... We'd, yeah, I think that's best, right? Okay. Well, if I have to do seven, because I have a whole bunch, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, for mine, if you're going number seven, mine would be War Horse. Now, I'm going by the scores that I gave them through the year. I rate one every week. I rate them every week with the score for the movie and the extras. This is just by movies. So, War Horse will be my number seven, because it's 
And um, the top seven all got, I believe they all got eights, nines, and tens. Yeah, nines, actually. So Warhorse got a nine for me as a movie because it's fantastic. It's epic. It's gorgeous. It's emotional. It's beautiful. It's, it's really good. It's um, really good. Spielberg really can't do no wrong. Yeah. Um, so uh, my number six is The Avengers. Marvel's what? The Avengers, which I thought, and I still think, is the way to make a superhero movie. Apart from another superhero movie that was made this year, it is my favorite superhero movie. What's but uh, it? well, okay. it'd be, it'd be <laughs> further up in the list. But uh, the Avengers, yeah. Okay, and then my next one is extremely loud, incredibly close. Because I remember the watching of that movie. It's such an incredible. Like I, I, I think even watching it and after the fact, I kind of thought, well, the sentiment's a little bit. Mm. A little bit in your face as, like, okay, a kid whose father died in 9-11, and that's terrible, and now we're going to explore the effects of that. That sounds a little bit like, you know, I don't know. But it's actually such an adventure. It is really fun. And it's unique, and it's it's also beautiful, and it's emotional. Be- fantastic performances by every single person. Just really good. Alright, so uh, my next one is The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which David Fincher is another guy who can do no wrong for me. <coughs> I think. Yet. I, you know, I'm really disappointed that. Because it's a trilogy, Girl with the, the Books. I'm really disappointed that Fincher's not attached to this anymore at all. So maybe we won't get the next two. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. I was hoping he would do the, all of it, but. Uh, as a standalone film, I think it works. I don't think it needs... Why did he bail? I just don't think he wants to be involved in the same thing for, what, six, seven years, whatever yeah. it takes to make three movies. Um, so, and Sony... You know, it's huge, the series of books. I don't think Sony will drop it. Somebody else will probably make it. But I, what he did with it, it's so dark. It's got one of the most disturbing scenes I've seen in a movie this year. Oh, God, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty... Pretty. I, I really like it. I love the character that Rooney Mara portrays. No, she she really portrayed the the girl. You know, Elizabeth. and you love the book, so yeah. Um, so yeah, go with the dragon tattoo. Okay, and my next one up is Whistleblower, another like super high quality. A lot of people might not have seen this one. Right, it's uh, Rachel Vice, and it's about a uh, UN peacekeeper. Who yep. works for? A, well, it starts as UN, but then they work for a private company who goes to like the Czechoslovakia and like Slavic. What was it? Bosnia and Herzegovina over there after the war, after the slaughter. To make sure people stuff. are being treated correctly. Peace, yeah, during peacetime. But then discovers like a horrible, um, like a sex trade thing going on with young women and wants to. True like, story. Yeah, wants to bring it to like bring, bring these people to justice and stop it and. It is, it's beautiful in a way. It's super grungy and, and dark and disturbing. And yet it kind of gives you a little bit of like there are decent human beings in this world. And there are horrific human beings in the world. It just, it's all right there in your face. And it's beautifully acted. And I think that's fantastic. It was a fantastic movie. All right. My number three of this year is The Dark Knight Rises. We, I know we've only just seen it. <laughs> but it's left a lasting impression on me. I, th- I think that is 
the best superhero trilogy I have ever seen. You know, right. it, I think it's consistently good. I think it it doesn't seem out of place to the apart from a cast change that one cast change thing. The character of Bane, I will never forget. <laughs> and the, and the moment that makes me never forget him is at the beginning of the movie when they're doing that plane thing, and there's the and he, there's the guy sat in the the, the plane's upright, and, yeah, yeah. and Bane's looking down, and there's the, the a guy sat there, and he says. Okay, we're getting out now. And Bane turns to him and says, um, "No, you have to stay, my brother." They'll like, expect one person, and the guy just like, "Okay, yeah, I'll well, do whatever you that's want." That's how powerful Bane is to people. Like, you know, I, I remember watching him going, "Oh my god!" Like this guy, you know, they'll do anything for him. He's like an evangel evangelist kind right. of guy for political. And this guy, without a second of thought, just okay, I'll die here. And little did my sister know when she gave you a little figure of Batman and Bane, the little tiny mutilated, what do they call mutated? I don't know what they call They're not bobbleheads or anything. They're just little, but it's really cute. They're almost Lego-y looking, but they're not Lego. I forget what the But I don't is. think you'll be able to ever forget the character of Bane. I think he pulled it off Tom Hardy. Yeah. Fantastically. And, you know, I would argue to say he's, he pulled it off as well as Heath Ledger pulled the Joker off. Mm-hmm. Could be they're controversial. Both. I think, they're, you know, I think they're both excellent. My next one up the thing, so that would be my number four, is Drive. Because, again, the experience of watching it, the quality of it. And, and when I look at the ones I rated the highest, I realize, other than the ones that were older movies, there's something, like, unique about them. You know, I mean... We keep regurgitating the same stories all the time, right? Because we're humans and we've only got a limited number of shit we can do in this life. But when a movie's presented in a, in, in a style and a way that makes it... While you're watching it, you're like, Yes, this is why I love movies. This one is awesome. That's what it makes me remember them. And it's like a quiet, but ultra-violent. And it's got like characters who are compelling, even if they're a little bit stereotypical as we say see that's the thing in drive there's very stereotypical characters you know the mob guys and even the girl the woman who's you know got a shitty husband and all that it's but like when a it's done pulp, in a way novel kind of deal the way it's yeah like a tragic love story mm. and then the the troubled cool james guy. dean style hero yeah the really troubled inner turmoil kind of guy but it's done in a way that just it just stands out to this day to me so um, my, number my number two is Drive. You should be number three. No. I just did number four. Nope. I've done one, two, three, four, four so far. This will be my fifth, sixth. My worst one I haven't done yet. Right. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> so, so Drive is, is my number two. This, <laughs> um, and Drive means a lot to me. I think it's a it's a movie that I rewatched and... It's it's up. Pulp Fiction means a lot to me. I remember seeing it, and it still plays in my mind as <clears throat> this unique experience that I hadn't seen before. Drive is the same. It's the way the as music. Good? Yeah, it really is. The oh, wow. music, the vibe of it from the very beginning. You know, it, it feels like it's from the eighties, but it's not. It's the tension is just uh, uh, yeah, and your... it's super violent, like Pulp Fiction is. You know, there are scenes that are so violent. Um, but like spurts of it. It's not constant. Right. It's not big action Neither violence. is Pulp Fiction. Mm-mm. It's just spurts of violence. But 
it, it gets me in that kind of way. Um, here's an interesting bit of trivia from Drive. Albert Brooks shaved his eyebrows off to make himself look... He didn't want you to know that he'd shaved his eyebrows off. He just wanted to look a bit odd. Right. So he shaved his eyebrows. Now, when I went back and watched it, I was like, oh, hold, hold, yeah, of course he shaved his eyebrows off. Look at him. But you don't realise no, when you're no. watching it. You just realise it's a bit strange. Best line in the movie Drive is where the driver meets Albert Brooks for the first time. And he says, I won't shake your hand. My hands are dirty. And he goes, so are mine. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Drive, brilliant. All right. Um, well, I must have started too low because I've still got three left. So I'm going to do two. My next one up is Contagion. Because, again... Just over and over, the experience of watching it. It's not perfect. It's not like... Steven Soderbergh movie. Beautifully. It's not like, you know, flawless or anything. But the way it unfolds and then, of course, the visceral feeling of, oh my god, this could be real life kind of a thing. Because it's, you know, it's got... um, I was going to say Jason Bourne. It's not Jason Bourne. Matt Damon. and It's got a lot of people in it. It really does. And throughout the whole thing... It's each scene is done like really well, and it's got that sort of like seventies um, movie kind of vibe to me. It takes its time, just like Drive. It takes its time in certain scenes, where in more modern movies it'd be more like cut, 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 done. Whereas in this one, you know, you get really slow moments of like when she's going to the cage near the end, and the doctor's like walking really slow. If you um. Don't want to wash your hands after you've watched it. <laughs> Seriously, I want to take a bath after I've watched it. It makes you feel... And I want to clean every door handle in the house. But it's just... It's really good. And then my next one up is... Titanic. Because... I've never been one to say Titanic's a fantastic movie. Because it's it's a great Hollywood movie. Do you know what I mean? That doesn't make it perfect. But the experience of it and the, the details, all of that makes it, from this list of 52, <laughs> you know, it's one of the best made, best experience movies. Um, minus all, anything that you don't like about it. I just, and it sticks in your mind. It's also, that is a fun, one of the best Blu-rays of the uh, um Oh yeah, for, it's got lots of stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Plus it looks amazing. Like, we hadn't. They took the sweet time bringing Titanic out on Blu-ray, to be honest. Yeah. Like, with it being such a huge thing. But yeah, awesome. Um, so what's your number one? Then? Number one movie of the year, and this isn't out on Blu-ray yet. It comes out on February the 27th, I believe, next we've year. we've seen it? Yes. It comes out next year on February. So we will probably review it in, oh. in 2013. So it's not on our list. No, I told you, I, I have one movie that we have not, isn't, we didn't review, but we oh, saw Oh, I thought that was just going to be separate. So you're saying this is the number this one movie you watched one, all year. Yeah, for me. Nothing and to do uh, with the ones we've reviewed. Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master. Ah. He happens to be my favourite director, but I go into every film with a, you know, this might be the one I don't like. <laughs> no, this this was, we went and saw it on the, the theatre. It is fantastic. I If it doesn't get its share of nods at the Oscars this year something's wrong because <laughs> the acting is just insanely good The, you know um, it's disturbingly good yeah I, I think it will This, I think he'll get his thing this year I think um, mm. Joaquin Phoenix will get a, a nod I think definitely Philip Seymour Hoffman will I think Amy 
Yeah, Amy she's Adams. Fantastic. I, you'll, you'll see that movie all over the awards circuit. That's all I can say. Because it's that kind. No, making promises. No, I think you will. Um, I mean, yeah, I but just, how do you know? Because it's that kind of movie. Yeah, but he's also had Magnolia, which was fantastic and wasn't all over everything. No, I guarantee you this one will be. Punch well, Your Glove was fantastic. We're going to see this one. There Will Be Blood was nominated for Picture yeah. of the Year, though. So. Yeah. Did it win? No. No Country sure? for Old Men won. Oh, that was a tough year. <laughs> that was yeah. a very tough year. And my number one movie, and I'm sticking to the list of ones that we've watched, it has been one of my favorite movies for 30 years, and it was Jaws. Da-da-da-da-da. Jaws was my favorite movie of all the movies we, we watched We both had year. Jaws in our top. We did. And the funny thing is, on my list, some, most, well, most of them, let me see. Uh, Titanic and Jaws. And then, as you can see, when you get a, just a little bit lower down on my list, I've got Shame and Barbarella, um, E.T., then I've got The Avengers, you know, so it kind of goes down. But, you know, older movies coming back kind of hit the tops of my list this year. But All right. Now, what's your worst movie of the whole set that we watched? Columbus Circle. It is a <laughs> diarrhea... It's, it is so bad. I can't even... I, it's so bad I remember... Do, do you even want to tell people about it? Well, the worst thing is, it. it's so bad I remember it. Like, I remember it for being bad. Again, Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, everything's shit about it. It's just shit. It is, um, <laughs> it is not a good movie. Uh, we did review it. Go back and listen to the podcast. I'm sure we said it was shit. Uh, that's all. Now, that's not my worst movie. Oh, it's pretty um, it's bad. It's near the worst. I, in fact, it's number. It's the second from the bottom. But I'll let you. I'll reveal it to you. Look at the bottom. <laughs> oh no! I, I no, like my absolute worst movie of the year was Ted. All right, and right above it was the one you just. No, I, I, Ted's way further up for me. Oh no, no, Ted I mean, is not right even down there. The then I've got <coughs> Silent Hill, which I don't even remember. We didn't watch Silent Hill. Why is it on my list? I don't know. We've never even seen that movie. I think so. I don't even know why it's on there. I've got Sherlock Holmes near Are you the sure bottom. You got the... Oh, those don't have score. Those two don't have scores actually. But mm-hmm. Ted is number. Is yeah, but we bottom. watched Game of Shadows, but Silent Hill we have never seen. I don't know. I've why have you put that on? Amityville there? Horror, and I've got, I've got recommendations for it. Silent Hill. No, we've not watched Silent Hill. Are you sh- oh, Silent House. You mean with Elizabeth oh, Olsen? Oh yes, yeah. And that's yeah. not at the bottom. That's no, that's actually really good. That movie. That's because I didn't put a score on it. No, no, forget that. It is Ted is number, the very worst, and then Columbus Circle. Right. Very yeah. two bottom movies. Yeah, the there's, some, there's some Those score don't have scores, that's why right, they're right. not in there. That's why they're hit the bottom of the list. All right, yeah. so and that... then look what else is down there. Rock, I don't know oh, that one doesn't have a score either. Rock of Ages is really low down. For some reason, I, I didn't really love Young Adult that much. So it Moonrise kinda... Kingdom is fantastic. It is. Why is it, that? It doesn't have a score. Oh, That's okay. why when I sorted Tower it. Tower Heist is shitty. I didn't like that yep. at all. I In really time, didn't like it. I didn't love Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. That's I liked it much of... better than Tower Heist, though. Tower Heist was just so, like... Yeah, yeah. it's above Tower Heist. I think Ghost, Ven- Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance was pretty shitty. <laughs> yes. Those yeah. all and Killer Elite. No, I don't know why the thing. I don't know why. I, is it the that was the re, the new one? The yeah, prequel. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so uh, game. Now, I, I was just going to be a top my top games of 2012, and how I did this was I just went through each platform and picked a game that I like best on each platform. So this isn't like an, an extensive list, <laughs> but my starting from the PC, uh, my favorite game on the PC this year was Guild Wars Two. 
Reason being, it's a massively multiplayer role-playing game that you don't have to pay a monthly fee for. It's got everything Warcraft has got, but you buy it once and play it forever. Fantastic model. But does that make it a good game? Yeah, the game's fantastic okay. too. Yeah, I, I, I've put like hundreds of hours into it. Um, I love it. Uh, my Xbox 360, well, multi-platform game for me is Black Ops 2. Obviously, um, it's not much different to the last Call of Duty. Story-wise it was, but I can't get enough of the multiplayer, so it's always going to be on my top list. Okay, if you had one. to pick one that wasn't that for Xbox. Well, this isn't for Xbox because it's out on everything, so I just kind of... Right, okay. I've got another game. For the 3DS, my favourite game of the year uh, is Across. It was either Resident Evil Revelations, which was really good, and Resident Evil 6 was so bad on the consoles. You should play the Resident Evil Revelations on the 3DS because it's fantastic. But actually, my favourite game on the 3DS is Kid Icarus, which was a game that came out like March. Uh, It's fantastic. If you like... It's hard to explain what that game is, but... If you like Nintendo's Kid Icarus, it's like a reimagining of it. And the 3D is awesome, and the music, and the soundtrack. So Kid Icarus on the 3DS. Um, on the Xbox, well, this is multi-platform too, but Sleeping Dogs. Do you remember that one? About the Tokyo thing? Like, well, not Tokyo. Oh, yeah. China. Yeah. <laughs> um, like an open-world Grand Theft Auto game. Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Um, I really enjoyed it, apart from... I hit this game-breaking bug, and I've never finished it, because Aww. 30 hours in, my save game got screwed up, and I was only three missions away from the end. I haven't brought myself to go back and play 30 hours of it to get back to that point, so I never saw the ending of it. Um, Forza Horizon is my favourite racing game of the year. Um, it's out on the 360 only. It's fantastic. It's like a Forza, but... Test Drive Unlimited. It's like a uh, drive around an island, have fun. We played it uh, looking for all Mm -hmm. the um, areas. It's fantastic. Um, My favourite Vita game is Uncharted Golden Abyss. And this is only the first year of the Vita. I feel like I've had the Vita a long time, but it only came out this year. But Uncharted game. It's an actual real Uncharted game. A PS3, you know, it's an exclusive. It's a different, it's a prequel to Uncharted, but it's on the Vita and it doesn't look any different to the PS3 version. It's fantastic what they did with that. Um, Is that the one with the boat and stuff? With the... Boat. Ship sinking. That was Uncharted 3. Oh, right. But yeah, Uncharted on the Vita is... If you love Uncharted, it's one to play. Um, Assassin's Creed 3. Um, still playing it. Been playing it for weeks now. Um, it's the best Assassin's Creed game so far. I, I just like that... Um, time period to give some perspective on you picking your favorite games how many games do you reckon you've played in the course of the year most of them <laughs> almost everything right i would say on every platform at least tried it yeah at least tried got it, it and loaded it up yeah. at least once yeah um and then my favorite game of all the games that came out this year and this is weird and this is a big statement it's uh, the walking dead by oh, telltale yeah 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 um, i'm not saying it's the best game out of all the games like as a game. But your experience. But the experience of the game. What they did with the storytelling of that game is over and above what any game does. Like like I said to you, I can play a Halo game and I'm ki- I am kind of like half give a shit about it, uh, the story. I was in that story, The yeah, Walking yeah. Dead. It's, the game might be a bit janky and a bit kind of old, but the actual story... I, I don't know how anybody could start that game and not want to carry on and find out what happened. You know? 
Well, it seems really hard. I'm just glad I watched it instead of played it, because it seemed really hard. But it's a, a big surprise, because it was a downloadable game. It was 20 bucks for the whole game. Uh, it's not even like a... Well, it is a retail game now. They just, they've put it on disc just recently. But All five episodes? Or, right, yeah. yeah. Now it's finished. It, you can buy a disc version. But it was literally a downloadable game, and it's my favorite game of the year, which is weird, because like, you have all these big halos. and Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so yeah, that's my games for this year. Um... You don't have? Do you have a favorite game of the year? Is it still Plants vs Zombies? Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't. I I haven't even played it all year except just the other day. I cranked it up and played Two, it. 2013 will be the year of Plants vs Zombies 2. And hopefully another Sims game. Well, it will be definitely a new Sim City game in uh, March. Because we cranked so. up Sims 3 the other day, and you know, my our nephew was playing it, and that kind of got me oh tingled up again. I'm not a gamer. I don't have anything else to make a list of, do I? No. I do I mean I make art things. <laughs> so the top ten things I made in art this year, uh, I don't know, the drawings that I've done of the ladies' faces and the banners I've made for people's... Br- I've made a lot of banners this year. Those were really fun. Those were good experiences. But I don't have anything that I can rate, really. We, um... <clears throat> no, not really. Mm-mm. So finally, uh, before we, uh... Christmas, YouTube? YouTube, I could Christmas rate. gifts. <laughs> it was my last thing on the, uh... Very good. What did we get for Christmas? We? What did you get? From you? Yeah, well, in general, from everybody. Uh, from you, I got some n- more brand- fantastic new Nike shocks. I'm wearing the old ones right now. They are orange and green and yellow. My new ones are purple and green and pink, which Correct. is fantastic. Um, They're the kind that you go and design them yourself yeah, on Nike's pick all your colors and you yeah. like to customize things. So my name is on my shoes. Um, one guy said at work... One day, well, that'll be good if they ever find your body and they'll Correct. know who you are. I'm like, as long as my shoes stay on, I suppose. So I got my fantastic new shoes. I got a really cool cookbook, which is vegan junk food. And it looks, we've got to I got that because food. I want to eat things from it. Right. And every year, for the last three years, you've been giving me vegan cookbooks or vegetarian cookbooks. And this one was, I mean, I've been reading through and I'm like, oh my God, that sounds good. Oh my God, that sounds good. Oh, that looks really easy. Oh my God, that sounds so good. So we're definitely going to have to make some stuff out of there. Um, you gave me a ball. I was looking at it today, even a little Plants vs. Zombie, Conehead Zombie, who's got the big head. We're not sure what the... Blockhead kind of thing. It's like a blockhead, yeah. And he matches your, like you said, your Captain America guy. Um, oh, and I got my salt and pepper shakers, which I have Pop yet. something, those models. They got like a big square head, the Plants vs. Zombie There's loads of them. There's guy. like, you can get Watchmen and Spider-Man and all kinds of stuff, you know? And I got my fantastic Wizard of Oz came into play again because that is, of course, my all-time favorite movie, which is Wizard of Oz. You got me salt and pepper shakers. I'm almost afraid to put salt and pepper in them because I don't want them to get broken or anything. But I do want to use it, so no, you should. You I will. Should. And what it is is like the house <coughs> is one. I think it's the salt, and then it's got a little magnet in the side, and then the the shoes with the striped stocking, the witch's feet with the golden... Sticking out from under the, the house. Golden. The red, ruby red slippers are... Then you magnet them together and you've got the big the feet sticking out from under the house kind of thing. And it's just like, you just tap into things I love so much every You also time. got a new kettle. Yes, well, that was a joint gift. New kettle to boil our water for tea. Because you are British. So you, you got a colander. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've used that already, like, almost every day. New colander. I got... Um, I got a... The, These are gifts we only got from each other. I got the Watchmen um, Blu-ray gift set, which is 
it's the ultimate cut of Watchmen on Blu-ray in a big box, like a cool lenticular box, and inside it also has the graphic novel, which I've never read the graphic novel. Awesome. But I, you know, I love it. It's like a hardbound, really nice version. I got that. I also got a super female superhero book, which covers like all female superheroes in like from Catwoman to... From the covers of comic books. Right. And it's the history of women, right. in, women in comics. Um, I also got a new computer. <laughs> yes. Well, it's kind of a joint purchase because I bought the processor. And I bought two strips of RAM. And I bought everything And else. you bought a motherboard, two strips of RAM, and uh, my cooler. cooler for my CPU. Yeah. So, um, so what I did was I built a new PC, which I have got here now, which is recording this podcast. It's fantastic because it's the, it's the new... Ivy Bridge Intel Intel's latest processor it's the Ivy Bridge platform the Z77 chipset from Asus what what I'll say is good about it is I had a really decent PC that I bought I think it was five years ago it was a Q6600 quad core and I've been using that computer for five years and it's been great it was still wonderful and it is still really good, but I was getting to a point where some things were getting slow for me, and I game a lot on my PC. So I knew that this platform was available, and it's not ridiculously expensive either, the, these new Intel chipsets. They're, you know, the motherboard's $130, the CPU's like 250 but if you need a new CPU, motherboard, and memory, and I put a lot of memory in this computer, it's got 16 gigabytes, which is insane. I could never believe I have that much memory, but um, this computer is like four times faster than the one I just took took away. I mean, it's unbelievable. I do a lot of video encoding, and I it normally to encode a video, like say you take a movie and you want to make it smaller to put on your phone, for instance, that would normally take about an hour to do. On this computer with this Intel QuickSync technology, it takes two minutes, which is insane because like. There's lots of times where I go, do I want to put this on my tablet? Oh, I can't be asked waiting, so I'm so I don't. But if it takes two minutes, it's it's nothing. So I'll just do it. Like um, our TV plays some files, doesn't play others. Now I can just yeah, in, in a couple of minutes make it play on the TV. Fine. So for things like that, it's fantastic. And for gaming, amazing. So um, plus, what else did you get? You got something that was sort of a joint present. I also got. Some posters, some oh, Doctor yes. Who posters. Dalek. Dalek. Two Dalek posters. Yeah, like um, one of them's like the Dalek, like it's like during World War Two, and it's like the Daleks, uh, and it says victory underneath it with a big Dalek. As if they've won the yeah. war. And then the other one's a blueprint of the Dalek, and it's got all the description of all the parts on it. Well, it's cool. I added internet. Sirius Oh, Sirius, uh, yeah, because we have Sirius XM radio in the car. I like Howard Stern, and I also... More so than Howard Stern, I like listening to um, Electric Area, which is their, their house music channel. Um, and I really like listening to that. But we only have it in the car and we don't have it in the house. So right. you added the internet subscription, which lets us just open a web page and listen to Sirius. You can even pause the live radio. Yeah. It's really cool. You can favorite and save them, all kinds of stuff. I've been favoriting my channel. And I like classic radio, which is all the old 30s and 40s and 50s radio shows. You now know, you like... can listen to them in the kitchen. Exactly. Cool. Uh, and I was listening to how, like in the archives, you can go back and look at oh, how right. it's older shows. So I was listening yesterday to an interview that I'd not heard before. Very good. Plus there's other special things I think they do for online. There is. They, they do concerts and stuff like 
like the only online people can listen to. Yeah. So like you bought me the kettle as an excuse to buy a new kettle and I got you the internet XM <laughs> as an excuse to get the internet XM. Yeah, so we we now can listen to XM wherever we are. <laughs> It even works on my tablet. And, it- and the reason I pay for... Because I never thought I'd pay for radio. Well, first of all, it came with a car, and then I just sort of got hooked on it. And I pay for Netflix, because I do not have cable television. Right. So we pay for Netflix, which gives us endless entertainment, really. Yeah. We've got well, YouTube, which one of the things I like entertainment. And now we've got a serious X. One of the things I like about Netflix, and it's something I only realized, like, in the last six months, is... There's a lot of British television yeah, on there. Yeah, lots. Like season sets of British comedies and British soap operas. and Brit- There's all kinds. And of- I like documentaries and I've just, you can find shitloads of any subject you can think of. And it's hard to find British programming on American television. It, it's just not there, like, unless you watch BBC America. So to find some British TV is awesome on there. And then we've also learned that they take things off. So you, you've got to discover them and then let them, and then watch them before they get taken off of there, but... So that's it for our Christmas gifts. Good Christmas. Oh, no, I got uh, I got uh, Princess Bride on DVD. Oh, yeah, I got you a yeah, Blu-ray yeah. of Princess Bride. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. That'll be so exciting. Oh, my God, that's so exciting. And that's I've been it. sort of saving that up to watch it ever again. I see little clips of it on TV sometimes, and I think, oh, I can go watch. But I just, I want a special day when I'm just by myself, maybe, watching it on the big TV, popcorn in hand. and <laughs> Yeah. Know. That, that Blu-ray is really cool because it's like the 25th anniversary or something. It's got loads of stuff on it. So, so uh, thank yeah, that, you for my presents. And thank you for my presents. Sure. Um, I love my PC. It's so awesome. <laughs> and a result of you getting that was that you then built I, with your parts. Yeah, I, I don't like to throw away PC parts, so I took all the parts from my... What were... Last week, my PC. Right. <laughs> I took those parts and made... Put them into a case and we bought a couple of extra things. A video card. And then give my nephew the whole thing. So he's got a new PC. Yeah. I mean, it's not a new PC because my old PC, but to him, is a new yeah, PC. Yeah, because he's had his for like three or four years. Yeah, so and this is way upgrade. better than what he had. So, so yeah. So, yeah, don't throw PC parts mm-hmm. away. Recycle them into well, another PC. Well, if your PC is 10 years old. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's still usable... If your hard drive's like two Stick it all in a case and give it to somebody else. Take sure. it to a school. Do something with it. Like, don't kill a PC. I think it's Give crazy. it to somebody who's trying to learn how to build a computer. You know, if it's not something that can be harmed or anything, then just give it to them so they can tinker with it. Yeah. And if it's a load of old shit, yeah, throw it away. But well, if it's... recycle it. Yeah. If it's decent enough... Give it to... There's plenty of kids who don't have a PC. Give, sure. it, give it to a kid or something, you know? Um, so that's it, Christmas gift. Sid Talk, what's for dinner? We better get out of this place. Tonight we're going to have some veggie ribs, which we love, and veggie chicken patties. We're going to have that combo again, which are the Morningstar chicken, C-H-I-C-K, apostrophe in, non-chicken. Good. Even your mother, who's not a vegetarian, yeah. liked them the other and day. She loved the tofurkey. Yeah, she, she really did. liked it. Yeah, it's amazing. And... We, we don't eat meat, by the way. If anyone's listening and hasn't listened to us for three years, we haven't eaten meat. We're not, like, animal rights activists or anything, but we just... And it's been... You know, I was going to add this. I was thinking today, because I saw, you know, your friend Ray, who will recognize his name, uh, <laughs> posted something about a 21-day sugar detox thing you can do. Like, you know, to get off sugar. I, I haven't read through it. And I thought, oh, that one would be hard. Meat has been not hard at all. Like, I don't even remember once going like, oh, man, that chicken smells so good. No. Not even, a, and I don't sacrifice anything. Because there's enough alternatives, sugar, right? 
Sugar, not even that. I have not been compelled to have a burger or a steak. I just, I guess I just didn't like it that much to begin with. But sugar, I was thinking that would probably be really good. I bet I'd lose 20 pounds if I'd cut sugar out for three months or six months. But, oh, man, that sounds really hard. Right. Or if I did flour and sh- flour and bread and stuff. Oh, my God, that would be so well difficult. Not live. <laughs> exactly. But other people think that about meat. But to, to us, it's been like, whatever. It's not a big deal at all. So that's kind of cool. So we're having veggie stuff and vegetables. And I'm going to cook some pasta and make some creamy, non-cheesy sauce, which is always fantastic. I think it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite things about the vegetarian slash vegan cooking is that I figured out how to make, to me, really good creamy pasta sauce that isn't macaroni and cheese. No dairy involved. And then for dessert, I don't know. I don't know what we got. <laughs> some old stale cookies and some old stale cake. Nice. <laughs> no, the cake's all right. I'll have some of Is it still okay? Yeah. Okay, then you can have it. Ugh. It was fine last time I had it. Last night you had... Twix ice cream and that was fantastic but and then my advice is I was having a discussion with my mother and she's kind of into spiritual stuff or things that you can't explain and you know there's a plan and there's a thing and and we get strength from this thing that thing or the other thing I don't believe in any of that because I say take give yourself credit for the good choices and the and the things in life that you do well. Because I don't believe it's a gift from anything or a higher power or anything like that. Yes, some things you learn from other people, obviously. And genetically, you get some things that are you're predisposed to just be maybe good at or physically more adept to. But give yourself, like, if you're the person who has a positive attitude, then... You know what? You're the person who has the positive. You're the one who chooses that. You make the effort. You're the one who sees the world the way you see it. It wasn't given to you. It wasn't bestowed upon you by some thing in the universe. It's nature and you choose it. Like, give yourself the credit to be like, I'm a positive-minded person. Or, I can draw well. Thank you to my teachers who've taught me. Thank you to all the examples around the world that I can use. But I'm the one who puts the pen in my hand and draws that picture or paints that painting. I'm good at that. Why do people have a hard time with that? I don't get it. Like, Or if you make a good decision in life, why does it have to be something that fate has decided for you? Why can't you just say, look, I married the right guy. It wasn't luck. It wasn't chance. It wasn't... God giving me some sort of message to marry you. I found you. I met you. I learned more about you. And I chose to have you in my life. That's it. It wasn't mystical to me. (laughs) So take some credit for the good choices and good things in your life that you know how to do or that you do. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like, it's insane to me to hand over everything you do to someone else. On the flip side... And I think I've said this before. Take responsibility for your fuck-ups. If you screw up and you make a bad choice, or you do something wrong that you believe is wrong, or that has wronged someone else, um, again, it's not a spirit invading your brain. You're not possessed by any freaking devil. You're not being... It's not fate intervening to ruin your life. 
you're the one who chose I married someone the first time who was an asshole. I didn't know him long enough. I didn't get to know him long enough. I let my insecurities take over my brain and I chose to marry a asshole. And then what happened, the consequence was a shitty marriage and a really rough couple years, all because I made that choice. You know, nobody did it to me. Yes, when people make choices to harm you or do bad things to you physically, no, not everything is your fault, quote unquote. Obviously, you can't be accountable when someone attacks you or you get cancer or something horrible like that. It's just that if you put yourself in positions and then your life goes shitty because of it, take responsibility and say, you know what? I fucked up. I did that wrong. And now I need to fix it or I need to do something right in my life to make up for it. And if I do something good, I did that. I'm, you're not being prideful. You're not patting yourself on the back. You're not spoiled, rotten, and self-absorbed. It, you'll be amazed at when you start to realize that you're good at some things and you do some things well, that you project that, you know. And you know what? I think a lot of people then don't like other people expecting things of them. Like if I say to people, oh, yes, I make birthday banners and I think they're really cool because I do. Then, oh, my God, all of a sudden other people, if I make one that isn't perfect, oh, my God, everybody's going to think I'm really shitty at this. So what? Like, you know, what I mean, right. like, just do you, does, do you agree with this philosophy of taking credit for the good and responsibility for the bad choices? Or do you okay. think it's something else that's intervening in your life spiritually to guide you through these no, things? No, no spirits. That you, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm influenced by the people in my life and the experiences I've had in my life, advice I've gotten from people, examples people have set for me or that I watch and use as examples. I base my choices on a lot of those things, obviously. What else can we do? And for better or worse, I own those decisions. And I just wish other people would do the same. And you all made a good decision listening to this show. <laughs> so uh, Brilliant. Thanks for listening. Uh, I want to remind you about our websites, aschoolie.com, sidsart.com. You catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this uh, podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or wherever you can, you know, go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, you can get it there. Just Email like, feedback to me at aschoolie.com. It's not the Zoom Marketplace anymore, is it? It's still called Zoom, the desktop app, so yes. But if you were to go, it's called does the Windows Xbox 8 Marketplace. have any sort of podcast place where you find podcasts? You know Xbox of? Music, it's called, but there's no podcast in you it. You can also do a search and just put it in your Google Reader. Correct. Um, any any RSS uh, reader or anything. Uh, email feedback to me. Don't email Sid Talk. And um, happy 2013, everybody. Because uh, the next time you listen to us, it'll be 2013. And? Stay classy, 2013. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself. Because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs>